Awesome. Well, hey, everybody. It is uh, once again great to be with you today. Uh, Julian, I'm so thankful for you and how you lead us in singing together. Uh, well, today, uh, as we begin to engage February together, uh, we're going to be ending our series called Resolution. And so we've been talking about what the, this big question of what breaks your heart and what needs to be done around me. When we go through an interesting time like this, our natural reaction and really what, what we want to do and what culture pressures us to do is to find ways to help ourselves feel better and to serve ourselves and to pursue that. That's what I want to do. I want to find more and more comfort to help me uh, during different times of need. Um, but that will not always fill you. It's something that you constantly have to pursue, and it will ultimately lead you away from meaning and purpose. And that's what we've been talking about in this series, is a better way to find meaning and purpose. And the answer to that is not yourself. It's the opposite. It's giving away yourself to others. It's serving them. And we do this out of Jesus' example to us. This time of year, typically we, we look at a, a way to find a better you. You look at the things that you didn't get done as well last year, which for all of us is kind of like a, there's a lot of things there. And so it, you know, we, we think about who we are not. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with becoming a better version of yourself and finding steps and taking steps of growth, whatever that may be. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're saying but if your ultimate goal is a better you, that's all you're going to ever get. And that pursuit will never end. And it will leave you empty. It will leave you empty. So we're asking a better question. What needs to be done around me? You taking time to engage others into this crazy word called serve, to serve them, will bring great fulfillment in your life. Better self? Great. That's all you will get. Impacting others? That's what will last. We talked about last week that this is the example Jesus gave. And when he called us, he wasn't calling us as someone who just had really good teaching. He said, hey, you need to give up your life, the things that you desire for me. Following Christ will cost you life, but he will lead you towards meaning and purpose if you allow him. It will cost you things that you desire a lot, those things that you think will bring you life. But if you cling on to those very things, Jesus said, it will end your life. It will lead you to destruction. And he's actually giving us a better offer. He's offering to lead us towards significance. So we're wanting to take that step. And so this February, this month, for the next week or two, we're going to be inviting you to take steps. We're going to give you simple ways in which you can begin to experience this in your life because unless you experience this, you won't believe me. You won't believe me that this is true. You won't believe that Christ, believe Jesus, that this is true in your life. So we're going to encourage you to do this. If you are a follower of Christ, your devotion to him should ultimately turn into action. The beginning of February, leading up to the 14th, which is just one week away, many things begin to talk about love because Valentine's Day is approaching. 
In fact, this coming week, and it was totally not planned to be around Valentine's Day, is a anniversary of when I proposed to my wife. I'm not going to think about that on the spot. But, uh, but they just happened to coincide close to Valentine's Day. It's just the way that schedules and things worked out in our lives at that time. I almost didn't make it to propose to my wife. She was living in Boston, and I was flying through New York and got stuck in a massive snowstorm, worse than the one we just actually experienced. And so... Um, but this is a season of love, right? Uh, for people, you know, on Valentine's Day, we want to do something, give people flowers, and we talk about love. But we're talking about, in, in the, around Valentine's Day, predominantly romantic love. But there's another way that we love others that God gave us the example of, and that's loving your neighbor. We love God and we love others. There's amazing ways in which we can love And the best way that you can love is to model what we've been talking about in this series, of how you give up yourselves to love others. In fact, when we look into scriptures on the amazing, incredible advice on marriage, the picture of that is to serve, to give yourself to the other, to sacrifice yourself for them. That is what will make a great marriage. It's how we love others. So today, I want to lead us into reading a little bit of a chapter that's known as a love chapter because it's many times read in weddings. It's found in 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to look at this in a different light, in a different light. But I'm going to start right before that. Paul is teaching a new church that had all kinds of issues. They were having all kinds of problems. If you want to feel good about yourself, just look at the issues that this church in Corinth had. And he's writing them letters. In fact, he had to write them a couple of letters because of what they were working through. But they were just learning what it meant to follow Christ and living their normal lives and having conflict. And so he was giving great teaching, which helps us a lot. And so he begins here. This is found in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 29. He says, Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we have the power to do miracles? Do we have the gift of healing? Do we have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And so these are, he's talking about gifts that God will give us. Some are teachers or prophets and and so in, in our church, we saw people speaking in different languages as God had given the ability. And so he's like, Does all of us can, can all of us do this? No way. We're not all of these things. He's like, listen, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, the things that you can do to build one another up. A lot of times we're trying to find a way in our life to be the most visible person. He's like, let's look for the most helpful things that we can do. So he says, now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And I love this statement because Paul lived one of the most significant lives on the planet. If you just judge it in non-religious terms, one of the most influential lives on the planet to ever live. He understood Jesus' teachings in such a way that brings it to life for us. So he's like, hey, let me show you a way of life that's best of all. So that's a great opportunity for you and I to pay attention here. 
So he goes into a chapter that you've probably heard, whether you even believe in God or not. Maybe you've heard this in a wedding at some point in time. I don't know. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He was a reference to what people had seen, where people had seen people speaking a foreign language. In fact, when, when the early church began, God did this miracle in the early apostles and others that were in the area were able to hear the words of Christ in their own language because all these people from the region had been visiting for this festival. So people were trying to do this. And basically he's taking a shot at pseudo-spiritual people that equated spiritual experience with spiritual maturity and feeling close to God. And so he's, he's just taking a shot at them. As they're like, hey, I've had all these experiences, so that makes me greater and closer to God. And people that would say, God told me this, or God whispered to me and revealed to me, and people that proclaim this over and over again, it's all about you, and you are so godly. He's not saying these tongues are obnoxious noise. Paul is saying, in that moment, you, you are the obnoxious noise. I can do all these spiritual things but not have love, then I'm just a massive noise. He continues, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy, I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. You've got all this understanding of the scriptures, and you can, you can, you know, whatever, you can tell everybody about it and proclaim all these things that are, or whatever, and he's just like, you, you're standing there in front of people saying, I've got it figured out. I've got all the answers. So your maturity is equated with knowledge. That was the tradition that I grew up in. You had to know more and more, and that's what made you be closer to God. And if you knew a lot and you could memorize a lot and spout it off right there and someone would say something, you could tell them a scripture verse and passage and whatever else. That was, what if that like, oh, you're like, oh. There's constant services and all these different things. He's like, you can have all this knowledge. He continues, he says, and I have a faith that can move mountains. But I have all this, but have not, do not have love. He says, I am nothing, which means I have no purpose. You're empty. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor. Now, he's not referring to the habit of generosity. He was referring, referring to what would have been very known as this this public, look at me, I gave all these things. And you know, people are dropping the money in the bucket as loud as they can. You know, it's like, it's like you want a really large coin to, you know, go in the tip jar. So if you ever tip someone the counter and they turned away, I'm like, man, they didn't see it. They've got to see it. Like, they got to know. Like, that's what he's referring to. You've got to be recognized. If I can give all I possess to the poor, to the poor, and give over my body to hardship so that I may boast. So he's escalating generosity to this absurdity to make a point. Like, even if, even if I sold myself into slavery, is what Paul's saying, or give everything away. If I did it for me, it's worth nothing. 
So he says, I do all these things, but do not have love. I gain nothing. I gain nothing. So he's taking shots at very religious people, essentially. I, have a, I can have a perfect Christian moral behavior and a perfect Christian family or church attendance or I don't know, like, but never step into other people's messes. Never love others. If it's only about me, I am nothing. A modern version of this could be this. It could be, um, if I raise perfect children, maintain the perfect schedule, maintain my ideal weight, but do not have love. I am nothing more than construction at 6.30 a.m. in an apartment above you on a Saturday morning. If I drive an electric car, wear Toms, and decline any coffee that isn't direct trade or fair trade, paying living wages and all these different things, I can do all these things but do not have love. I am nothing more than an obnoxious ringtone in a crowded movie theater, which... It's kind of a terrible analogy right now because we don't even remember what that was. We, we would love an obnoxious ringtone in a crowded movie theater right now. If I take my family to the Holy Land and leave New Testaments in every single hotel room along the way, but do not have love, I am nothing more than a middle school girl's playlist. My daughter will not like me for that statement. So what's Paul's point? Paul's point is this. Devotion to God doesn't stop at moral behaviors or perfection. That's not what it's about. The truth is you can't be good enough. You can't be moral enough. No matter whatever your standard is for yourself, you don't keep that. You can't even do that and you frustrate yourself and you're mad and you, you hate how you treat others sometimes and all these different things. We can't keep that up. Only God can and, and, and that's why we trust in Christ that he did it for us. It's him that does this, but if it doesn't, that's not the only point is to become a more moral person. If you make you a better you, but it goes no further than you, you are just nothing more than an annoying version of you, and a more annoying version of you. Your devotion at some point should, should turn into motion. So at the risk of being really cheesy, put your devotion in motion. That's what this is about. That's the simple answer to all this. Devotion to God is authenticated by our love for others. It's not what saves us. That's not what's saving us. Only Christ did that. He did all of it for us. It was a free gift. But the natural result of our love for Christ is shown how we love others. That's what Jesus said. They will know that you are my disciples for how you love. That's what will help them know and see who I am. And there's one more very important part of this. Because right now, we are collectively struggling. 
I stand up here and, and tell you these truths, and we talk about these things each week, and each week is hard for me. And I have at least one day where I'm like, I don't know how to do this anymore. Like, I don't know what to do about these things. And I go to my wife, and I just talk forever, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how we can get beyond this. And, 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 and there's something like that, that that's in my life every week. And, and my wife and I, we share with one another just being away from others is taking a toll on us. This is not easy. And you are saying this to me and to others. We are collectively struggling. We're suffering from being disconnected from others. We're actually seeing physical effects because of that. Work has been overwhelming more than normal. And so our solutions usually are to, to, to find ways to soothe and engage ourselves. But the real answer for you and me is we need to depend upon Christ. But it cannot just be about us and him. It's got to eventually take a step outwardly of action. There's something about the group of us coming here and recording this service together, there's an action to this that just feels great that we're doing something in our lives to, to love others, like to, to engage with this. It lifts me up. It changes my whole week. I should, you know, I should, we should do this twice a week just because like it's this opportunity for us to give of ourselves to one another and to others. It energizes me to do this. There is an answer for us to love God and to love others. And that means eventually serving. And so you, you will say, we say when we are asked about these things, we, the first thing we'll say is we don't have time. We don't have time. And you would say to me, if you should see my schedule, you should see the work demands upon my life. Many of you are in that boat where you're like, I don't have time. to. How in the world can we do something? Or you say, work is too hard, work is too demanding, and I'm exhausted. Now, there absolutely may be a place where, where, where work is such at a place in your life that you have just a few hours a week. And so then maybe the conversation for you is rest. How do you begin to learn how to do that? So that can be true. But many times these are excuses that play into our life. And all we do is make things worse for us. You would say, I don't have time, work is overwhelming, or I'm just tired, hurting, and I am emotionally tapped out. And this is why you don't believe me. <laughs> this is why you, you, you would say, there's no way this helps me because I'm emotionally tapped out. And that's the thing. When you begin to serve others, there is something about that that will bring life to you. But it also costs you some life, which is time, which is money. Commitments or time with family, all the, it will cost you something. But it will lead you towards significant and actually will impact the other areas. It will take you out of the burden of work. It'll put your focus on someone else, and that will lift you up. It will give you strength to engage work. It helps you see what is most important in your life, and you'll begin to see the, the, the things in your life that you were spending time on that didn't matter as much, and you will rearrange your 
time. It will fill you up emotionally that will give you strength to engage others. All these things happen when we begin to serve. And I want to encourage you to find a simple way to do that. And we're going to give you some options. We're going to give you some options to do that. Starting today, we're, in, in, we're inviting you to join with us in serving. And so I want to start back with this original question that we had. What breaks your heart? There are things that, for some of you know, like I wish we could make a difference in this. And then the second question is, what needs to be done around me? One example is, is my wife. We're, our kids are in online school, and they were, um, they were doing some art things. And so they said, for our art classes, we're, put, we're bringing these back. Um, we need you to buy art supplies. And, and so we got the list, and we have three kids. And so we, we purchased it, and we went online and got the order. But we realized that this is not cheap. And we know that there's families in our school that are struggling, and that this, this would be very hard for them, especially any family that have multiple kids that are in low incomes and and all these different scenarios. And so this is something that breaks my wife's heart is, is kids, you don't have what they need. It just touches her in a very specific way. And so then the question was, what needs to be done around me? So she just asked the school, do you know of people that are struggling to get this? And their answer was yes. And so she bought extra art supplies and gave them. And they immediately, the art teacher was, I know of, of two or three students we can get this to right now. It was a really simple step. That's what, it, that's what this is. So many times people come to me and say, I didn't realize how simple this could be. And I think that's the thing. I want to encourage you to take a step. What if you say, I don't know what to do or what would really tap my heart? Well, that's great. And my suggestion to you is start somewhere. So today, I want to ask you to take a step. Start somewhere. How can you take this, the step to serve once a month? This is your goal. You're going to begin to, to do one thing a month. If you're already doing something, take a step to do more. You can sign up to serve on an online serving team with us. This is a phenomenal way to start for us to serve one another. We have first impressions, and we're putting a link up. There's a link on our, to go to our website, and you can find a team to begin to engage with. There's first impressions. If you love to be around people, to say hello, you love it when you greet people and all these, you'll be a phenomenal greeter. We're going to be having our online lobby greeters. We want to invite you to join that team. Or maybe you're great with chatting. You're not so great in person, but you love sending people messages or texting and all that. You could be a part of our First Impressions chat team. We would love for you to join that. We have a newsletter team that puts out our weekly newsletter that we, we, we send out every week. Uh, if you're someone who loves to create fun content, that's a team I love for That's something I'd love for you to engage me with. If you love just creating something fun... That could be a way that would serve our church family. We're planning to start a card writing team. 
there's somebody, if that stirred your heart, sign up for that. We have needs of video. But then there's other things that you can do. There's other teams. We, have our, we would love to recruit band members. It's been kind of hard. We've been pre-recording stuff. We'd love, if you play an instrument, we'd love for you to engage with us. Our production team, we're coming here every week to film this. That's something that excites you. There's a place for you in audio, in production, in communication. There's all kinds of ways that we can serve. And I want to encourage you to click a link and engage. Find one thing to do to serve our church family once a month. Another way that you can do this is to serve one another. We're going to begin to post ways for you to to record scripture videos. We want as many people each week to be just reading scripture to be part of our weekly service. I want to invite you to do that. Take, you know, do that one time. You can record a personal story. We're going to give you opportunities to do that in the future. You can give financially. Some of you are gifted in this way and love to give, but if you've never done this, this is a phenomenal way in which we serve one another and you begin to love others outwardly. You can join a dinner group. You serve one another by being in community. You're sacrificing time for a greater purpose. How can you take a step? This is an invitation to significance. If you've been frustrated, if you've been mad, you've been angry at the world, and you feel like that's all that you're in, that's an opportunity to say, I need to experience joy in loving others. This is unique. This is not easy right now. But this is a phenomenal opportunity. Maybe you care about justice in our city. Tomorrow night, There's a listening campaign happening in Jersey City on Zoom. And if you're someone who cares about issues that you see in our city, education or homelessness or, or, you know, bad landlords and other things like that and people who have rent issues that are, that people are oppressing them, there's all kinds of things that are happening in our city. And there is a group of people that gather to listen about this. And we're going to be listening about this. Maybe this is something that hits your heart. Well, you can join that tomorrow night. People all over the city are coming to listening to listen about the issues that they can, we can step forward and engage. Because of listening things just like this in the past, they've confronted bad landlords. They've improved educational opportunities in this city. They've helped people who are in lower income housing not be pushed out of neighborhoods, find ways, creative ways to keep them there. This is coming from people who love one another. This is because of Christ's example to us. How will you take that step? You are invited today to join us in this. So click on this link. Find one thing to do. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you so much for your example to us. That you didn't just stay in heaven with everything that you deserve, but you gave it up to come down and to serve and love us. In a week that we'll be talking a lot about love, may we read 1 Corinthians and know that that real love is serving others. I pray that we will begin to actually experience that. God, I pray that we would trust that you are weaving a story in this city. I pray that we begin to experience that in such a great way because of the motion of our lives. We thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name.